Welcome back, Inebriates. This is Andy, the Inebriate Podcast. And uh, today we're talking to someone who's actually in the same time zone with me for once. Um, Denise Marceau, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, so we were kind of just talking about industry, how the music industry has changed, and maybe start heading back to uh, the way it was or, or some version of the way it was and i was kind of like well let, let's get this you know conversation on, on the recording before we kind of get too involved and you're saying that uh you're starting to see you know uh a push to sign a push to sign younger younger bands more to like record labels like back in the days that kind of i think that's where we left off yeah hey hi all um thanks for having me andy um well my my story was sort of um, so I'm in the West Village and I'm around the corner from Electric Lady Studios, which is a really world famous rock and roll studio. Um, and I, even people these days have been recording there. Um, but the, you know, the Janis Joplin's, the Jimi Hendrix, the Jim Morrison's, Lady Gaga recorded there. I mean, it's a fabulous studio. And I was recently, I guess about a month or two ago, right before the holidays, some people that were living downstairs um, had some friends staying there, an engineer and assistant engineer that were working on this new band. They were really young, apparently. I don't know the age, but I wish I remembered the name. But Atlantic Records had sent them all to New York to record. Um, and they weren't from New York. And so I'm thinking, like, what? So they're putting money into a band like they used to, like to record a record before they even break. But maybe because of the COVID, who knows? Things have changed. Because uh, bands can't really tour and they can't really, um, you know, play live like they did, a lot of them. And so maybe now labels are kind of investing from the very beginning in new talent, which I think is important. The yeah. whole self-do-it-yourself thing is so exhausting and also takes a lot of money. And, you know, I think in the, I think the formula used to work and then it shifted and maybe it's going back a little bit too. You don't know. Do, do you think there's uh, is it just a different way of doing something or do you think there's a real benefit to getting a band in a studio like that with the history and to kind of like really get set into that kind of creative mindset opposed to being like, Oh, you know, I hung some foam in my bedroom and we're all recording this album in my bedroom on my laptop kind of thing. I think it's an, I I've had the experience. So I know firsthand it's amazing um, to have musicians all in the same room to have a producer or an engineer or be producing yourself and to have good equipment and not to have to worry about every detail yourself to get in there and just do the creative mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. is a, a wonderful experience. It also puts you in a professional level. It's like, I would never take my carburetor for my car. Or I, I would never do that myself. And yeah. so, yeah. Um, and, and I don't think, I think people, you know, I, I certainly record on my own, you know, I've done my own recordings, in my own studio, and I still do. And it's cool. And it's great to know all that. And that's how I learned how to produce and, and engineer. But there's just something about it, especially when you're getting started, it just gives you this, it's like you're in Wonderland. And right. why not start off in Wonderland? Why, why not give young people a chance to really feel um, the tingly part about the music business? Because there's a lot of things that are not so tingly. So give them some tingle in the beginning, sort of. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, people want to be like, you know, when they're thinking about it, they want to be the, you know, the rock star. And that's not from the home studio. That's from, you know, the studios and the, the big venues. Yeah, it's confidence, yeah. too. It gives them confidence. When you think about all the millions of projects out there, all the bands and 
singer songwriters and all different genres around the world, you know, give give a project a great start. You know, I would just I watched the uh, Beatles documentary, Get Back, and I've watched some other music documentaries, and there is there's an essence that goes with starting a career. Um, and I think it gives, it, it's like kids going to, you know, <laughs> elementary school. They don't start off in college, you know? Right. Um, so so I, I like the idea of nurturing new talent. I think it's important. It, it's funny you brought up the, the Beatles um, documentary. I started to watch that and I think I got, I think I got through the first episode or, or almost through the first episode. And I, it, weirdly made me feel uncomfortable like i felt like i was eavesdropping in on a creative process and maybe it's just the way that i work i don't necessarily want people watching me while i work creatively like do you did you kind of get any of that from the 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 documentary and how do you feel about kind of opening up your 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 method and and letting people in yeah i mean i think it's first of all i mean they i don't know how many times they did it and I think they tried it. Um, I think they trusted the people around them at the time. It seemed to me that John was really shy and Paul was the one who was verbalizing more and really kind of more in the driver's seat. Yeah. To a certain extent, as far as the band itself. Um, the other things, the other, you know, insights were, were cool. You know, and it was nice to see the four of them getting along. And Yoko was in the room as well, which was interesting. Um, you know, I think I think it was interesting. I th- I'm glad that they did it because it archived uh, a band that has, you know, stood the test of time. I mean, how many bands, you know, I think bands more so now, the classic bands are standing the test of time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But for that, for that era, they seem to be the one that stands out the most. Um, and so I think it's cool. I mean, I don't think it would be something they'd want to do all the time. It's like I never understood the Big Brother MTV stuff, like people watching you all the time. That's that's a different story. But for one for one moment to glimpse into the, the behind the scenes and to see the idea of recording and get to see some of the people that were involved, um, I think it was an interesting look look at the Beatles and history and the music business at the time. Um, again, I wouldn't want to do it a lot once in a blue moon. Yeah, and I don't mind sharing my insights because for me. At this stage of my career, I like to help and share. And if people need some, you know, um, help, you know, I was mentoring some new young artists over the years. Uh, I'm not doing that anymore, but I spent some time, you know, producing, managing, mentoring, and it was a, it was a great addition to my career. You know, helping others. So if it helps others to a certain extent, it's cool. As long as, you know, what I want someone in at the very beginning of a new song, I don't think so. But recording. But they were also writing and recording. So you, you got to see how they, at that time, they were kind of like throwing stuff together. But I know what you mean. It was like you were, boy, well, yeah, you were watching them from the window. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And especially when they started kind of talking about, you know, uh, there was one part where they're kind of talking about feeling like they had done what they could do. And, you know, you can see kind of the, the beginning of the end. And it was just like, yeah. it just felt it just felt so personal and almost like, Oh, I mean, I know they know the cameras there, but it's just, it just, I just felt like, I'm like, I don't know if I should be seeing this. So. Yeah. It's like the, it's an interesting idea for a book or something. If it hasn't been done, the psychology of a band, I mean, truly like how come the stones stayed together so long? You know, there is a psychology of a band in my opinion. 
And that's where a record label could come in and really help set up a band in a good way, especially if they have a nurturing A&R team, a nurturing you know, law firm or attorney or manager. Um, the nurturing is what's really key when, when projects are new. And I'm sure like kind of managing um, egos and what people are, are expecting to get out of the band. Cause I mean, I, I think that's such a, a rock and roll trope is when, you know, you have a, a successful band that kind of parts ways because they just, you know, they always label it creative differences or whatever, but it, I mean, is there a trick to keeping a band together? Uh, is there a trick? Yeah. You know, sell tears a thousand dollars, Andy. I don't, I think communication, clear communication. And I think egos being, I mean, I mean, an ego is really important. You have to have an ego because you have to be able to stand the test of, you know, people, you're, you're putting yourself out there, you know, you're, you're on a platter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have to be able to believe in what you're doing. And then you maybe have to have a mission statement as a band and you have to know why you're going into this. You know, why, why are you starting the project? Do you love music? Do you want to become rich and famous? Which is fine. If you want to just become rich and famous, then that's the reason for starting a band. You want to get out of the streets. You want to get out of having little and you want more. A lot of musicians can see that as a way to kind of raise their lifestyle, just like basketball players, sports players, football players, you know, anyone in the world. You know, you can, you can look at something and say, oh, I'm going to try to give myself a better life if I do this, this, and this. But I think the trick, again, it's, I think it's having the right people around the band, in mm-hmm. my opinion, kind of, and everyone communicating openly, honestly, and figuring out at each stage, because what everybody, even in relationships, all kinds of relationships, um, and marriages and things and work, you know, people change, there's growth, but you want growth, you don't want to stay stagnant. And so if everyone's talking about growth and everyone's talking about the changes and everyone's kind of looking okay so we did this this what do you think about doing it that way it's you know i think communication is key for many things and also the tone of how the tone the way that you say something the way that you set something up you know that's why you know psychologists are really smart they sit there you know um i just recently watched a film about this um and you know there's a way to say something keep someone open and flexible and there's a way to say something that's going to close the door. So I think clear communication and, and nurturing people around you, there is a trick and yeah. uh, you don't have to send any money. I'm cool with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's really good advice. And you actually made me think of uh, something that happened recently. So uh, I've at the beginning of COVID, I got laid off from my full-time job and now I just do an EBR. And oh, cool we've been so, happens for a reason right right and i i don't want to be that guy to be like hey covid turned out to be a good thing but so far so good um and so i have a business partner and we were coming home from an event and we we're trying to figure out it was an unusual event so there was an additional cost and i was trying to figure out like did we charge the right for tickets and so i'm running math through my head kind of out loud and he's trying to like figure out some other sl- he's basically trying to figure out the same thing but in a slightly different way and it became this huge argument. So that I'm, I'm, we're driving the car and I'm yelling at him. I'm like, damn it, give me the number I'm asking for, not the number that you want to talk about. And like, I felt it getting to that point where it's so heated. And so then I, I'm like, you know what? You know what else? He's like, what? I'm like, good job tonight. Cause I felt I had to like tone it down because I was just getting <laughs> sure. so angry. You brought in a, a positive. That's a good yeah. thing. But I think it's just that, you know, it, like it's that 
it is a relationship and, and you spend so much time with these people that you have to, you know, even sometimes blow off that steam and kind of not let it, you know, don't take it personal. I wasn't, I mean, I was mad at him, but I'm, I don't dislike him. Well, you weren't getting what you wanted. And yeah. so, but also you said, I think you said you were driving. Yeah. Were you in a car? That's not the best time. So you're moving. You've got the energy. You've got the inertia around you. Yeah. It's pushing you forward. So that's going to be something that's going to kind of escalate your feelings and your energy. My suggestion, next time we talk to your partner, sit down over a glass of beer or wine, whatever you like, scotch, uh, doers. Um, and you're probably right, but we were on the way back from an event. It was like an hour ride. We needed something to talk about. And that's something that I, yeah, I got it. I've been reading yeah. a book, and some of the most important conversations are had at the wrong time. Both people have to be in the right place to have a conversation where, where, where it stays calm and, and you might be aching. Oh my gosh, I can tell you so many times I was aching to say something and I did and I could have waited and it would have had a different result. And so when you're, when you're out there and you're, you know, and especially if you're a musician, we have no patience most of the time, except I have patience for long term. Obviously I've been doing this <laughs> long time. And so it's because I love it. But anyway, um, and so figure out a better time to talk about things that are important or that, you know, might have you, you might have differences even before you start. And so yeah. that's my advice. And certainly not being in a car, try to shift it. If you're kind of bored, you're talking for an hour, like, I don't know, play a word game or talk about Plymouth Rock. for instance. <laughs> <laughs> We've already done that. You know? yeah. that that's you the other be- show. Yeah. Talking about nurturing, you got to nurture yourself as well. You got to nurture your mind, your thoughts and how to put things in place so that they work for you. Now, I'm not sure what happened after you got so escalated, but it's not good for your blood pressure. It's not good for oh, anything. No. It's yeah. not, it can, and that's what ruins has ruined relationships, you know, yeah. that getting to that point. So if you, if you monitor your own, uh, energy like that, if you monitor your thoughts and you kind of think just, okay, this might not be the best time, especially yeah. right after yeah. something. And you, but I like how you brought it back. So you put the, you 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 had the uh, the fish line was out, and then you brought it in a bit, and then you kind of added to the bait. And then when you said to to that your partner, well, great event, you brought it back to the positive, and that kind of w- it reminded you of what what you're doing it for. And that, right. Yeah. I was, I was really just trying to diffuse it, and uh, now it's kind of you know like a running joke and. Fun. luckily yeah. we're good enough friends that we can kind of get mad at each other and it's yeah, and better you know, better that partner yeah. than a new partner that might say this guy's crazy uh, but also i recently watched spinal, spinal tap on it was on some station i think it might have been so 13 or tcm i forget but there's something that i saw that they did in ba- as a band when they were getting heated mm-hmm. and, and they were taught it was ridiculous conversation it was hysterical i mean i'm really glad i watched it again There'd be silence and what you know like they're getting kind of starting a little heated and then there'd be silence and then one would go i love you man you know <laughs> that's kind of what you did you yeah, know? yeah 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 you know it, it's it was kind of important to me at that point to be like i'm frustrated but i'm not really mad you know yeah good and you clear you clarified it, and that's clear communication yeah cool. um so <laughs> i feel like you're a therapist i feel like i'm on better health or something <laughs> But well, it, is, it, a music, is a music a form of therapy for people? I always feel sure. that music, 
you know, of all the things in the world, let's say someone's upset, right? Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and they're, they're, they're upset or angry. And then all of a sudden, there's a song that comes on that just brings something to them. But I don't know, maybe it's a Nirvana song, maybe it's who knows, the Jennifer Lopez song, whatever it is, um, comes in and then boom, your whole mood shifted. You know, there are not a lot of things, <laughs> you know, there are some things that can change your, you know, change that space. But I think music is a, a bit of therapy for the world. I do. Yeah. Especially, I, yeah. You know, so yeah. So, but you know, I am not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> there's uh yeah, there's always those bands that I, I go to when I'm in a really bad mood and like pop on and be like, you can't like Jamiroquai jumps to mind. I'm like, you can't be in a oh, bad sure. mood and listen yeah. to Jamiroquai. Like you got to start exactly. tapping your foot and kind of singing out loud. And, and it, it's such a great way to kind of, you know, if you're having a bad day, just kind of change it up. Exactly. So tell me about your relationship with your mother. Anna. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to, sorry. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> let's get back to a little bit about you and your, your, your music. Um, so, cause we get a lot of listeners from all over and, Oh, cool. I find that, uh, you know, especially nowadays, it's people can be, you know, touring musicians, famous of all and no one know who they are. And especially with music, it's hard for, you know, I was, I was throw back to like, oh, back in my day, you went, we went into the you know record store and there was country, rap, rock and pop. But like those guidelines don't even fit anymore so like how would you define your music and and i hate that question so i kind of always ask like who would you tour with that people would know that would make sense okay that's cool um i think or who I'm, have you toured with right uh, i think it's interesting um i think different times different things but i also feel that of all you know my music has always been and I think that's why it was so difficult when I first got started in the music business. Um, wanting to produce myself, writing my own music, I was not, they couldn't categorize. They'd say, yeah. well, how can you do this kind of song and do that kind of song? You have to either do that kind of song or do that kind of song. You've got to, you've got to pigeonhole yourself, basically. Everybody right. was always yeah. trying to pigeonhole me because I had a voice that could do that and that and that and that. And, and I remember being in an A&R meeting years ago and he said, oh, you sound so good on that. That's so amazing. And then I played him kind of a rock and roll tune. I played him like a more mid-tempo, slow kind of mellow track. Mm -hmm. And then I said, wow, you sound really good on that too. But you got to decide. You have to decide. Like, he got really stressed about it. Um, and I think those are the things uh, for me, those, and I think I believe what I'm seeing is that those types of narrow-minded creative thinking in the music business has shifted yeah um i you know when i first started they and I, this is what said to me pretty much verbatim you know they only sign one solo female artist every two or three years they just don't sell you know and and they can't you know it takes longer to market a female you know they want to make their money quicker so they do the bands of the solo artists and you know and so you know, that was my window apparently back then. And I was like, what, are you kidding me? And so, and I was always someone trying to shake things up. And so my definition of myself, because I know that's the question, I'm an eclectic songwriter, you know, um, and I hear things and I'm moved sometimes by a, an instrumental, you know, 
I hear a, a part and then I start it. You know, I play keyboard, so I come up with all these different sounds on various keyboards through the years I've played. And um, I, I think I would, you know, eclectic, but certainly I would consider myself, um, you know, pop uh, with a sense, you know, I also, I sometimes put in classical, I put in rock, you know, kind of a rock I can rock out of, but my new song, it's called Float. Uh, I'm happy to share. It's brand new. I've been working on it the last four days. It's a little bit heavier. My last single, All This Time Alone, was a little bit heavier as well. But I started off as a rocker. I mean, that was really my background. Uh, back when, you know, they were, com you know, comparing me like to Jim Morrison and Janis Joplin. So, um, and then, you know, my, my style has changed and shifted. So, and, and I... I think it's for me about the melody, about the lyrics, about the intent, about the, you know, the way, the way I put the song together. Cause I also, when I'm writing a song, I hear the production as I write. It's sort of like, that's how it's always been for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, I, you know, I don't, I guess eclectic, you know, I, I don't think, you know, mixing very genres. Some, some one person, when I did my album live forever, I think they called me Americana and I'm like, Whoa, one track was live forever was kind of Americana. I like mixing it up. I always have. I don't, I, I've never been someone who likes to be put in a box. In fact, I have a song called box on my second album live forever um, box, which, you know, it's pretty interesting. I don't know how you describe it. And this new song, I don't know how you describe it. It's a, it's, you know, I tend to mix things together. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm a doctor. I'm a baker. <laughs> <laughs> Candlestick maker? <laughs> yeah. uh, sure. Why not? As long as it's hot. Yeah. But I, I, I really like that. Um, that kind of eclectic. <laughs> One of my favorite bands is Ween. Um, I think they do, a, yeah. you know, great music, but no song is similar to the song before it. Right. And, you know, it, it, keeps it interesting and fun and you know there, there is something to be said for you know if you put on a metallica album you know what it's going to sound like and sing along to it but yeah. you know or a jackson brown album i, was, I saw a movie pete they had a couple of his tracks in there it's like you could tell it was jackson brown by the first two chords yeah but i mean yeah. sometimes it's nice to go on a, on a little kind of exploratory trip and and see where yeah. you know what the band's going to do if, if you were an artist and you painted the same painting all the time it would, you'd lose fans yeah i mean and i don't know you had said who i would tour with i think i've always i would love to tour with someone like the sting because i think he's fairly eclectic i love the band keen i don't think it would be necessarily my audience but you never know elvis costello was someone i've always loved i love his album yeah. Imperial bedroom um so you know and i don't know that touring i don't know what that's going to look like um anymore you know what you know artists but you know um it's it, you know i think everyone has to sort of find their way through this you know and yeah. what's going to work for them to keep the creative energy going to stay to staying relevant it's it's it is an experience to go to a club and see a band perform um now i went uh last friday uh to the paradise in boston and uh -huh. you had to have, you know, a, um, you know, a documentation of a COVID test within 72 hours or something like that, or a full oh, vaccination wow. card. And so you're going in and they're checking your ID to make sure you're old enough to be there. Then they're checking your ID against your um, COVID card. There was one guy who was standing outside taking a COVID test on the sidewalk. Oh, uh, no. 
yeah and then they then they put the armband on you and then they you know have the wand you know so they make sure you don't have any weapons on you or whatever and i'm like this is a really weird it, it was it was so many steps to just kind of like getting everybody into the club it was and, and did everybody have to wear masks watching yep. yeah so that's another thing i mean you it's how weird is it you know you're <laughs> excited about a band yeah you know you can't really you know yeah you can't sing along like what so it's that's trippy, you know. Yeah. I went to the movies. I went to see Spider-Man. My, my brother, he's a real fan of those Marvel movies. Uh, similar, you know, you had to show everything. You had to show your ID, and um, we sat. They only left a certain amount of people in. They would only sell a certain amount of tickets because he lives actually in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, and so and we sat like in the back, but way away from other people. Um, and it's definitely a trippy experience. I can't. I haven't seen live. I mean, I was producing some live music. Um, for a series, you know, 20 and 21. Um, but it was more classical and, you know, some contemporary stuff. But that was me. I was kind of working it and then I'd leave the room. I'd set it all up and then we would go live streaming and stuff. But to sit, I don't think I've sat at a performance, especially at a club, you know, a yeah. long time. It's trippy, yeah, you know. We did, we did some um, live streaming of some uh, musician friends of us last winter. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was last winter when uh, they couldn't perform in clubs, and um, it it's it's one of those. It's not great, but it's what we had, you know. It it, it sometimes you got to make do. Yeah, I mean, and that's the, that's the thing. You um, when something matters to you, when you just know you have to do it, and mm-hmm. you like breathing, um, then you have to go along with whatever you know whatever rules and regulations at the moment and it just seems like the whole uh pandemic is pretty much out of control like it's there's absolutely no controlling it one minute it's this and then the next one's that and it's this and then it's that you know and and there's so many things you you hear about it um and you don't really know it's like i think it's because they don't really know what's going on you know, it's like, okay, we're all in the same place. We all really don't know what's going on. When I say all, I mean around the world. Yeah. I mean, this is certainly since I've been yeah. alive, a, a global pandemic. And it's, you know, and we're all sort of, and it puts everybody in the same boat. We don't know what's going on. We don't know what's next. And there's sort of an uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And then what does that, what does uncertainty bring? Does it bring more creative? Does it bring more peace? Does it bring less peace? And I think it brings different things. I think uh, I, I tend to think if you were a positive person before the pandemic, you're going to be more positive. If you were a negative person before the pandemic, you're going to be more negative. I think it's extremed us. Is that a word? Yeah. Extremed? Yeah. Um, it, it, it's really interesting how it affected, um, you know, people's creative process. I, I've been so lucky that I've been able to continue podcasting uh, using the internet. Um and I've gotten to talk to so many people globally. So I, I get to talk to it and be like, Hey, how's it going over there? And you know, what's the real story? What's it like? But the other thing that I'm really seeing is that it seems like there's two type of people there's like myself, especially early days when like everyone was pretty much locked down at home and I had zero creative juices, like nothing. I was depressed. I didn't want to do anything. Um, and then there were people who went the polar opposite mm. where they're like, I'm home all this time. It's great. I get to work on my music or my art or whatever. 
and it didn't seem like there was anyone really in in the middle. I'm sure there is, but I mean, it's, everyone I talked to seemed to fall into one of those two camps. How did you get out of your depression, Andy? Uh, Back to the doctor. So, no, but seriously, I met I'm my sure mom when. <laughs> um, you know, to help. Well, this is the thing with depression. I don't know if you ever really kind of get out of it, or you just learn to, you know, deal with it and and develop methods to deal with it. Um, creative, creative wise, um, I actually got to a friend of mine had uh, bought a house, and here in Massachusetts, it's illegal to sell a house with a diving board in the pool. So, for like liability reasons. <laughs> I'm sure I'm using illegally the the wrong. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) whoever had owned the house before had detached the diving board and kind of like leaned it up against the pool house. So, you know, they're like, we don't really want the diving board. Would you paint it as an art piece that we can hang up in the pool area? And I said, yeah, but only if I can do it with my daughter. Oh, cool. And so working with her, because she's now, I mean, she's basically an adult. I mean, she's going to be 18 this year. And so it was, it was really, really enjoyable and like got me going because I wasn't, that was what it was. Because I wasn't working with my daughter. I was working with an artist who happened to be my daughter. Like her input was great and it was just overly a good experience. So that kind of like got me out of my creative slump. Out of your funk. Yeah. Do you and then get the that way? Crazy? Um, uh, you know, it's the pandemic, you know, it's kind of good. There's peaks and valleys. So, okay. but, but overall, uh, overall um, I mean, I've developed. You're you, good. I, I have a great network of friends and, you know, I have That's people cool. that I can confide in. And, you know, when you have good days, you reach out to those friends. And when yeah. you have bad days, you reach out to them too. And you make sure you're reaching out to them and, it's, it comes back to that communication. You know, I, I feel like the biggest. That's that word. Yeah. The biggest kind of. The biggest win for depression is your lack of involvement. And and so I try to make sure my my schedule's full of stuff. And I so try you stay to stay involved. Make, right. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you stay at home, it, that's the depression winning. So, yeah. I mean, I, I you were going to ask me about my creative process. Mm-hmm. Um. And I am very grateful. Um, I'm a creative person. Uh, and whether, because I also have a PR and marketing company. So whether I'm helping others and I'm doing PR marketing for someone else, creating a press release, creating graphics, creating social media campaigns, you know, album covers, whatever it is I'm doing um, or producing other artists, I've been consistently creative my entire life. I don't know how I got so lucky or just maybe I was dropped you know, I came out at the right moment, the right time. That's probably all plays into it. Uh, but I also believe um, 100% that the most powerful tool we all have is our mind. And we can talk ourselves in and out of anything. And it's, you know, it's minds that created the computer. It's all, you know, put us on Mars or the moon, whatever. And so I like to have um, a good I try try to constantly be in a good state of mind, so I have things around me that keep me. That I, I like to look at art, artwork, pictures. I decorate things the way I like them. I have my chimes in the morning now. I sometimes do like I, with my intention. 
I do it more than sometimes, you know, in the morning I go to my chimes and put my intention out there. Um, but I'm very aware that I'm very lucky because I've spoken to other people and I never really quite understood depression until I spoke to a few people that have had it. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, my heart goes out to them because when you wake up and you're excited about your day and you can't wait to get over to your new song, you know, or you can't wait to get into that press release, you can't wait to talk to this person or that person, or you can't wait to look out your window, because it's just those simple things for me. If, 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 if they don't have that, it's like, oh, gosh, you know, uh, I feel like I said, my heart goes out to them. So and I think everybody, the one thing about what I'm learning uh, about people, because people are certainly going through some depression with all this COVID, um, is that you can't, you can't force anybody anywhere. Everybody has to get to where they're going on their own in their own time in their own way. And sometimes people say that if you push people, they're not going to get there at all. So I've learned you just have to let people express themselves. You listen, you, you try to understand, you're compassionate, you're empathetic. And that's, that's maybe also where I'm empathetic so that I can appreciate my own state of mind and keep my state of mind as positive it's possible. They used to call me Pollyanna when I lived in LA because I always looked <laughs> everything with the rose-colored glass. Yeah. And I, I think, in a way, it's helped me to get through, and cer- certainly in the music business this long, um, because it's it's how I see the world, and I think I see the world um, in a good way. And you know, I don't I don't feel um, that I'm hurting anyone by seeing things the way I see things. And yeah. sometimes yeah. people actually appreciate my point of view um but you know i um i am a creative song yeah i I really like i really like how you said that you can uh think your way in and out of things and it's like that to me that's one of the most vital tools is learning to ask yourself the right questions you know give me an example so if something goes wrong you do do something that ends badly and you say to yourself you know, what are you, an idiot? Or why did you do that? Your your brain will answer you to fill that question, opposed to being like, okay, your inner I, voice. Yeah, what did yeah. I learn? What am I not gonna do next time? You know, it's it's how you can phrase those questions can kind of right. Yeah. Exactly. Or you could say, Okay, what did I like you said, what did I get from that? What did I learn from that? Or how could I do that differently next time? I have a song called Your Voice. And my, on my website, it says, your voice is the loudest. And what I do mean is, I, and people think, oh, what do you mean like you have to talk loud? No, it's like your voice inside your head. It's like, yeah. that's the key. It's what you hear. Because in the end, uh, and I'm an example of it, uh, with all the no's and the can'ts and no, you can't, and don't do none, and nah, nah, I just keep doing what I do and I love what I do. And so, um, and I don't think anyone should ever stop you from doing what you love doing. I mean, if you truly love, I mean, creatively because you truly love doing it um and so my the voice when i say your voice is the loudest it's the voice how you speak to yourself and how you speak to yourself and i think that's maybe where my luck came in i always knew from a young girl that my value of the value my value of myself was more important than anyone else's value of me Mm -hmm. and i was just lucky enough to have that dna or to have that uh you know, when I was born, some dust came down from somewhere and said, let's have this person have some, you know, good thoughts about themselves. I always knew that, you know, that, and that's why, funny enough, after all the years in the business, um, uh, you know, and I went through a lot. I mean, my, 
you know, some of my stories are in my show, The Past, but uh, there's so many more stories. But anyway, uh, when I first finally, after having publishing deals and record deals, you know, with a record deal, you know, I said, I'm doing it myself. And so I started my own record company and I put my own record out and I produced it myself. And, I, and on the cover, I was really kind of somewhat maybe mildly obsessed with finding a color, a cover that was reflective and it was yeah. near impossible yeah. to find. It was 1997 when we were putting a cover together. And finally, my guy working with me on the artwork said, I found, I think it's called Mylar or something like that, whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah. I forget. But anyway, I found something, but it's stickers, but we can cut it up into the pudding and, and flip it in when we manufacture. And so the, the album cover is called Self. Yeah. Because, you know, you have to have, you have to believe in yourself. So it just says self. There's no picture of me in the front. And everyone said, how can you not put your picture on the front? Because when people picked it up, they saw themselves. Themselves, right. Yeah, yeah. That's and cool. that was my message. And that's how I got into marketing. People said, oh, who does your marketing? You know, like, so I started helping other people. And who does your PR and stuff? Because I created a different person for myself doing my own PR because I didn't have any money. And yeah. so that's how I learned. I just jumped in. But that was important for me to people to say, look, it, my music isn't, a, it's not about me. It's about how you feel when you hear my music. So why don't you see yourself when you pick it up? And maybe mm -hmm. they'll, you'll see something about yourself or maybe you'll just enjoy it or maybe it'll just make you feel a good way. You know, that's really what it is. Entertainment in the end, music. But it's also, there's there are, you know, like some 70s for sure, messages, you know, messaging. And that's where I heard, you know, a lot of influence in the late 70s where people were, there were messages. And I, you, you know, feel something, whatever, you know, like some people might not like something or like something, but at least they're feeling something. Right. Yeah. I'd rather someone hate my artwork than not notice it. Right. You know? uh, I don't know what I feel. Yeah. Okay. I feel like, no, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, so uh, before we get to your music, because we're going to uh, include a couple songs on this episode, cool. uh, where can people go to find your social medias, your downloadable music, your, uh, you know, PR oh, company, what? Yeah. yeah, cool. Any of that stuff. So the, uh, yeah, let's go backwards. So PR company is Key Media Public Relations. That's pretty much it. It's a key media group, uh, keymediapublicrelations.com. Uh, my music is denisemarsonmusic.com. At the moment, I think till January 18th, we're giving some we're, there's free downloads. So people can go to my website and on there's there's players and there's little dots on the right. You can just Download it gives it. you an option to download. Okay. So I just decided, I just want to give, I want people to hear the music. I want to sort of like share it, but also maybe just see, maybe some of the songs can make people feel good. So especially during these times, you know, just it's a gift. So basically you can go there and download it. Social media, I think it's just Denise Marston Music everywhere. That's where we, we what we positioned it as Denise Marston, Denise Marston Music. Um, and then there's Key Media Group PR for the, for the company. Um, yeah, and I'm on Spotify, some of my tracks, and um, I'm releasing, I hope to release a new song on a video. I have this really cool video idea that'll be the first time that I'm actually coming up with an idea for a video and a song to be released exactly at the same time, and that'll be in the spring. Cool. And yeah. uh, you said you, you worked on Float. Is that one of the ones that we're going to get? It's a new, well, it's, I don't think it's going to be done by the time, when are you gonna, okay. when you airing this? Okay. Uh, Monday. 2023. Uh, Monday oh, the 17th. Yeah. We'll, have to, 
it won't be ready. I mean, I've got my home demo kind of happening at the moment, but it's, it's, I'm still working on it. So I don't know what, we'll, I'll send you some tracks. We'll, we'll figure that out. Or you can okay. listen to stuff and decide. But uh, Float, I hope, to, I hope to release spring of this year. Um, with a, with a, I've got this cool idea for an animated video and the song. Um, um, yeah, so that'll be my next release as an artist. And then the people can also watch my show, which talks a lot about some of my situations, the past. If you go to my website, you'll see a link for the past and you can, there's a link where uh, you can rent it. It's like, I did a live version of it. Oh, that was a trip because there was no audience. And so, uh, and I just started working on the show. I've only performed it five times now. And so um, I premiered it in London and then I did a show in the Revelation Gallery in New York. And then I did another one in Revelation, which we, um, which we filmed. And that's, and I might actually do, a rebroadcast of that in the spring as well, but you can, you know, you can check it out on the website. Cool. That's and then awesome. I just did a festival and we won the best concert. Yay. Nice. nice. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, I, I don't get a chance to work on as much as I'd like to, but I hope to work on it more this year. Yeah. Well, I yeah. want to say thank you for taking the time to talk to us. It's a lot of fun. Awesome. My, my pleasure. I loved it. And uh, I really appreciate the support. Um, and I wish you all the best with your ongoing you know, podcasts and life experiences and art and all your projects. Really appreciate it, Andy. Thank you. Really cool. And uh, for our listeners, uh, thank you for listening. We'll see you guys again next week. I can feel the warmth of your breath on the
to the middle and nowhere Put the top down, look at my options Oh yes, it feels like I'm born again No, I didn't see it coming My friends say I live in a bubble But the bubble's been busted open But I'm not crying To be heard And if we have to hurt To save this world Then I guess It's best to say My little pain will fade away Time to drive Time to drive to the middle of nowhere Put the top down Look at my options Oh yes, I know I've been down this road before Not any wonder that this tide's not keeping me under But I know my greatest hour's the hour when I rise I got my heart and I've got my soul I've got the very first dream car I ever bought I've got my best friend from high school And she's never leaving I've got a voice that's got to be heard To say my little pain will fade away. Oh no 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 no! I stood underneath the raindrops. Oh no 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 no! And watched the sunrise the next day. Oh no 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 no! I jumped off the bridge when I should have crossed it. Oh how I trust. Oh, how I trusted I've got my heart and I've got my soul I've got the very first dream car I ever bought I've got my best friend from high school And she's never leaving I've got a voice that's got to be heard And if we have to hurt to save this world Then I guess it's best to say My little pain will And thanks for checking out the show today, listeners. Uh, if you enjoyed the content today, you can go over to patreon.com slash inebriart to support the show. You can join over there for just a few dollars a month and help us provide this fun content that you just checked out. You can also email us at inebriart.com with your questions, complaints, and concerns. Or you can find us on all social medias at inebriart or at inebriart6 on Instagram. And also don't forget to check out our other shows, Bar Talk Podcast, 
Old Colony cast, Inebriart, and all the other shows on the Inebriart Network, which you can find at inebriart.com. Thanks again for listening.